Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and welcome to Aiden on Anchor. Aiden on Anchor is a podcast focusing on my life. I'll tell you a lot about myself and hopefully provide value through experience. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 82, currently recording it at 3.21 p.m. on a very slow Monday. Hope you're doing well. It's actually June 28th, <laughs> but I wanted to emphasize just how little I've gotten done today, how little I have done anything of value. I got up at 3 a.m., and despite having many things to do and many things to work on, I just have not. I've been napping throughout the day, been chilling throughout the day, rewatching old videos, and uh, overall, just enjoying myself. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about how this is a bad thing or live in regret or anything like that. It's just been slow. It's just been one of those slow, nice, cozy days. And you know what? Those are fine to have every now and again. Um, and so I figured, hey, you know, <laughs> nothing else better to do right now. Let's go ahead and record a non anchor episode 82. I mentioned in the last episode that this one would be primarily focused about what's going on in my life. If you want my thoughts on Nintendo's E3 show, then you should check out episode 81 because I spent the entire time talking about that. This one's going to be a bit more uh, personal focused. Talk about what's going on in my life. And the first thing and probably the biggest thing, is I finally released a new video. Yep, after four months, I finally put out a video titled, What Makes a Zelda Game a Zelda Game? Uh, <laughs> this took so much time, and it wasn't supposed to, um, but when I finished the 30 for 30 finale, I had had this big intention to move over to DaVinci Resolve, uh, make a new intro and outro, go through a rebranding, uh, work on the editing, and essentially start a new phase of Blue Catch Productions, of, of a higher quality, more uh, finely produced videos. And that took a lot of time, obviously. Not only did I have to learn all of DaVinci Resolve, but find a new style that worked for me, picking up better editing techniques, getting inspired by what other people were doing, and... Uh, yeah, the, by the time four months had gone by, the, the video was finally done. And honestly, I'm super proud of it, man. Uh, I got like small, minor issues like I do with almost all of my videos. Uh, but for the first time in a long time, I felt content <laughs> with it. It's a bit of a long boy, uh, just under 30 minutes. But man, am I proud with how it turned out. If you have not seen it, I recommend you do so. It gives sort of my definition of what I think makes a Zelda game work. We talk a good bit about three pillars. Uh, we talk a good bit about Breath of the Wild and some bad Zelda hot takes. There's a lot of plot lines going on in that video. I even interviewed Jay the Zoomster. There's some footage of me out in the woods. There's gameplay stuff, uh, filming with the new set. All sorts of stuff. It, it is very much a new era of Blue Catch Productions. Chances are there's something in that video that you haven't seen from me before. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a new challenge. It was a new challenge. And I'm hoping now that I've spent so much time perfecting and getting this new version of Blue Catch Productions up and running, this new era, um, this next upcoming month of July will be spent 
making smaller videos. <laughs> Nothing quite as big as the Zelda one, but smaller videos with this new style so people can know, oh, hey, Aiden's back. Aiden's working on videos uh, because the views on the Zelda video have been a little slow, and I don't blame anybody because I have not uploaded, so I doubt it even pushed my video out to anybody in the algorithm. Uh, I imagine it'll do better not only as I put out more content, but also because, like, this is the Zelda 35th anniversary, Skyward Sword comes out in July, uh, people are going to be talking about Breath of the Wild 2, and then hopefully the Zelda video will start to do a little bit better by the end of the year. Not expecting it to be my most viewed video or anything, uh, after all. Again, it is a long one, but <laughs> still, put a lot of work into it and was really happy with, with how that turned out. So yeah, that's the big thing. Right, that's that's where a lot of my time has gone to, and uh, a lot of the side projects kind of took a bit of a back seat, and uh, that's something that's okay, you know, that's something that's okay because I have so many things I could work on, so many things I could do, and a lot of the time um, it's the side projects that take priority over Blue Couch Productions. So for a little bit of time, it was actually nice to just work on a big video and let the side projects actually stay and be side projects. I know. You know, uh, Anon Acre hadn't been up to date. LHG's been, like, dead for a hot minute. Uh, I have not streamed in several months. But, hey, another YouTube podcast. Still going strong. Uh, hadn't missed an episode. We've done the most episodes this year, which is crazy to think about. And uh, now that Blue Catch Productions is back up and running, hopefully we'll get a lot more new videos as well. Um, and, and hopefully that'll be cool. So, yeah, that's the main thing. That's the main thing I wanted to talk about was just, I'm back to YouTube. I'm back to doing my, my thing. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> nobody <laughs> unsubscribed. Uh, a good bit of people did, actually. I ended up losing, like, nine people just not doing anything. Like, between June 1st and, like, the 17th, I believe, I just lost, like, nine random people uh, out of nowhere just from, like, not even uploading or doing anything. So that was a bit crazy. Uh but shoot, at this point, I've been meandering anywhere between like 370 to 395 for almost two, three years now. Like I, I was at 300 by like 2017. So that kind of gives you an idea of how long it has taken to try to get from 300 to 400. Um, but hey, you know, you do Pokemon live streams for that long and people expect that of you and then you try to do something else and it takes a little longer, but that's fine. It's all part of the process. All working through it, step by step, day by day, video by video, my guy. Video by video. That's just the first thing. What else we got to talk about? Well, we have a new dog. Yeah, I know. How many Aiden on Anchor episodes have I talked about? Oh, we got a new pet. Uh, this one was not planned. <laughs> a lot of the time... You know, we were thinking about getting a new animal and then we mediate for about a month and then a new one shows up and we're like, oh, I can talk about it, whatever. This one was just kind of out of the blue. We already have a dog named Bo, uh, kind of a golden lab or a retriever. I don't know the difference between the two, um, but he's been great. He's been awesome. Uh, but for a period of time, he had just sort of been this this only dog, right? And uh, was often bored or, or by himself or not really doing anything. So we thought um, we should just give him like another dog, someone to hang out with, you know, a friend or whatever. And we were planning on doing that, you know, not this year, maybe later down the road or whatever. But then out of nowhere, uh-oh, uh, 
the, these owners of a, of a of a French, I think it's a French bulldog. I'm not sure the exact breed, uh, but they were having to give her up um, due to health complications and stuff, and they weren't going to be able to keep her. And being <laughs> the kind of people we are of like, oh, hey, you know, we don't want something bad to happen to that dog, and we were kind of looking for one anyway. Sure, why not? Um, and so we got we got her. She's a French bulldog named Maggie. Cute little dog. A um, little bit smaller than Bo. If, if Bo's a, a normal medium-sized lab or retriever or whatever the difference is, Maggie's a smaller bulldog. Um, and for the first couple of days, they were they were kind of a, a horny mode hours, as I would say. You know, dogs, when they first meet each other, um, it's very much instincts kick in. You know, wild animal type shit. You know, they over here air humping each other or whatever. Uh, but she was fixed. So, I don't know. I don't know what they thought was going to happen, but nothing has happened. So that that was a thing for about a week, and that was kind of disturbing. Uh, but eventually, you grew to like each other and have uh, become become sort of friends, if you will. And it's almost worked a little too well, simply due to the fact that now the two will conspire against me. What do I mean by that? Uh, well, we have this little, like, fenced-in area out back, because Bo... Uh, is a big dog and a fast dog, and he will get away from you, and if you're not watching, um, he'll run off into the neighborhood, whatever. We've had many a time where we've tried to get that dog back, uh, but we're like, okay, we have this fenced-in area now. I'll get a leash, and I'll take him out, and that was fine when it was only one dog, but now that there's two of them, and they're both, like, relatively big, uh, that's that's really hard to do. You can't put two leashes on at the same time. Uh, because the strength of both of them will pull you and knock your ass down. Um, and so every time I have tried to, either one way or another, trying to get him back into that fence or whatever, uh, I've tried to just see if I could put a leash on one of them and hope that the other one will just follow into the pen. Uh, but no, no, they, they have some kind of communication going on. They have some kind of link going on where if I finally put one leash on one of them. The other one will just run the fuck off anyway. And then I'll try to bring him back, and then the other one will try to get out, and all this sort of stuff. So I've been over and around this neighborhood at multiple points now, more than I ever have before, looking for one of the dogs, and in some cases, when shit was a really long day, both of the dogs. Uh, And it's gotten even worse now recently, because Maggie, uh, we didn't know, I guess, can now jump over (laughs) the fence and I don't know how it's like really tall none of us have seen her do it but it's been a thing now where I have taken her out put her in there and then five minutes later she is no longer in there she can't fit through it we know that she's too big for that to be a thing but somehow she can jump over it but Bo cannot Bo's never been able to get out of there so I don't know how Maggie found a way despite being smaller maybe she can jump higher I don't know uh she likes to jump a good bit so she's sort of gotten away several times, uh, but thankfully she's at least nice in the fact that even though she will run off, uh, she'll be back to the house within five minutes. If Bo gets away, uh, he's not coming back. You got to go get in the car. You got to go drive. You got to go get the leash, you know, get him back into the truck, drive back, put him back in the pen, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Maggie, she will run off. Uh, go to the neighboring two or three houses, walk around, do her business, whatever, and then come back and just walk in the door and, and pretend like nothing ever happened. I'm like, of course something happened. 
little dog, you've <laughs> you've ruined my day. You've ruined the past hour. I've been stressed, worried, worn out, trying to look for you. And here you are, like, dorking around. And uh, you're just going to walk back like nothing's ever happened. I'm on to you, all right? I'm on to you, Maggie. You think you know better. You don't. So that's been a bit of a pain in the ass. They've uh, they've brought out the worst in each other. They will tear up shit. <laughs> they will sleep on furniture. Bo is not a bad dog. You know, he's a bit hard-headed, but he's not a bad dog. But now that there's two of them together and then they can conspire and get away with more shit, oh, yeah, it's it's been it's been insane. It has been a hard adjustment curve. They've already torn up a set of blinds. They've gotten TV remotes, all sorts of shit. Uh, and they, they just... They're just little hectic animals. They're just little hectic doggos. But uh, I love them. Love them both equally. They're very cute. They're very nice. When they're sweet, they're sweet. Uh, it just so happens they have a little too fucking much energy sometimes. And can, and can get on my nerves when all I'm trying to do is record a thing. And I have to chase the dog down the street. <laughs> but I figured I'd tell you about that. Because that's something new going on in my life. And it has been a fun uh experience i'm not gonna say i don't know what i was gonna say experience challenge maybe challenge is a better word i don't know (laughs) they've been a blast though they've been a blast um what else has been going on uh i i just watched the movie the rescuers the other day and it wasn't great i'm gonna be honest with you me and Zach have been watching a lot of Disney movies. In fact, Zach recently released a, a yin about the golden age of Disney, which if you haven't checked out, you should go watch that. Um, he was in a similar situation to me, except for he hadn't uploaded in like six months. He hadn't released a, a yin for this year up until this Disney video. And uh, it's also really good and has a lot of interesting stuff going on. So if you want more Disney opinions after this episode of Ain't on Anchor, you should go check that out. Um, but we're still continuing to watch through these films. We still got a lot to go. We're, we're currently in the dark age of Disney where Walt was not exactly putting out a whole lot of bangers, you know, um, primarily because he was dead, but also because <laughs> the studio was, was cheapening out on some of the films. They were taking longer to make. They weren't doing as well. Um, and Disney as a company was kind of focused more on like theme parks and stuff like that. Uh, and the rescuers, in my opinion, is probably the least inspired of these films. It, the, the Rescuers as a film just kind of feels half-baked. And, and what do I mean by that? Well, let me first tell you about the plot. Um, it stars two mice, Bernard and Miss Bianca, and they work for this rescue mice society uh, where they try to help anyone in need. Despite the fact that they are literally mice, they, they want to help people. And so they get a message in a bottle from a little kid named Penny, who has been kidnapped by the evil Madame Medusa and Mr. Snoops, who are trying to use her to get a diamond that's underneath this, like, cave where, where, where the high tide's coming in. And she's the only one small enough to go in and reach this diamond, um, which is super valuable, and Medusa wants to get it to be rich and all that sort of stuff. And so, now Bernard and Bianca, despite never having worked together before, have to go figure out what happened, kind of solve the mystery, find Penny, and get her out of this horrible situation. It's a cute film, you know? It's a cute little concept. Bernard and Bianca are a great duo. Bernard is kind of this, like, anxious, ridden janitor who's, like, really concerned about the safety of everything. Uh, 
and he's very much afraid of the number 13 and you know he has all these like uh conspiracy theory type shit or whatever about like unlucky numbers and stuff like that and miss bianca she's a riot as well very much a thrill seeker and adventure seeker getting herself into danger they work off each other really well um unfortunately though the film itself is not that great the plot for example has very little stakes involved not a whole lot goes down and not a whole lot of anything exciting happens there's so many scenes in this film where it feels like the sound design just wasn't there or the background was just bare and empty or where there were no characters at all and despite the the fun concept and fun premise they don't really do anything with it a lot of it is spent with penny or, or the villains and neither of them are really well fleshed out or interesting at all we go through all of this background information, uh, which would be like the first act in any normal story, and you're like, all right, is this where it gets interesting? And there's only like 20 minutes left in the film, and that's just the escape portion. And it's fine, I guess, but it didn't feel really well built up toward that portion. And so by the time we get to that climax, I just kind of like don't care anymore. Um, and that's not to say like I don't enjoy quiet movies or or movies where not a lot goes on. I actually quite enjoy films like like Winnie the Pooh or, or Kiki's Delivery Service, which are these very like laid-back sort of films where not a lot happens. Uh, but those films have good characters and really good animation and songs and have a little bit more of a deeper subject that they touch on. Kiki in particular talking about burnout and, and, and work and, and being an artist and that type of stuff. Uh, the Rescuers doesn't have any of that. The animation is so cheap, so bad looking. You can tell like there are seams and shit where you can look at the characters and see an outline of where they were trying to trace over it and it just does not meld in with the background at all. Uh, shit multiple times looks like a Disney afternoon cartoon or like a bad TV special with a small budget. And, and that can be charming in some instances but not when you're the Walt Disney Studio and you have a huge catalog of groundbreaking animated films and you're just using this to like save money. I don't know. Uh, what, what could have been charming and what could have been nice ends up just looking very cheap, very ugly, very muted, very dark, dingy colors. Not that uh, terribly interesting characters outside of our main duo. And I, I like the main duo, uh, but this just felt like there wasn't an interesting enough scenario for them to work off of the actual plot itself is just kind of nothing the animation is ugly the songs are just kind of there and it just sort of happens i felt bored throughout a lot of this movie and that's that's sort of the unfortunate truth about the rescuers is a lot of the time you're probably not even going to feel any sort of anger like i did towards some of the wartime films and some of the lesser known uh disney films that that are bad but like people don't know about it people know about the rescuers but the, the, the biggest emotion you'll feel throughout all of it is just this sense of apathy. It's like, oh man, this could have been done better, uh, but it's not. And so I, I really have no reason to watch it again. I've only seen it twice. And I'm pretty much good without ever having seen The Rescuers ever again. So, uh, I don't know. I'm probably good <laughs> without having seen any of that for the time being. But, uh, yeah, I figured at least I'd, I'd tell you about it or whatever, and I'm sure to let you know. Not a good movie. Not a good movie. I'd probably rate it like a, I gave it on Letterboxd like a 5 out of 10. 
Uh, I'm, I'm back to doing letterbox stuff too. I haven't watched a movie in such a long time. Uh, so hopefully you'll be able to see some letterbox reviews. If you want some of my movie opinions, go ahead and check that out. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, but that'll be it for this episode of A on Acre. Hopefully it was interesting to listen to. Hopefully this was a good comeback episode. If you wish to support the podcast, there's a little support button on there. Special thanks to Jay the Zoomster for doing that. And also, thank you to Carrie Knight and Zach for supporting me on Patreon. Uh, the Patreon has been recently retooled, uh, where it is still the same tier, but the benefits are slightly different and uh, a bit more feasible. I've also updated some of the some of the wording there and the tier names and stuff to be more in line with current Blue Catch Productions stuff and everything. Um, so thank you to those two for for supporting me there as well. Uh, one final shout out. I want to give actually just before the episode ends um, is I hired a pixel artist to do a pixel blue couch that I plan to use later down the road uh, by a guy named Werner Riemann or Toad in Space on Twitter. And uh, he did such a good job <laughs> on the, the pixel art couch profile. And I was so happy with his work. And he also just like out of the blue sent me just a, a profile pic. Like he took my Twitter profile pic and turned it into pixel art completely free of charge without me asking to. Uh, and it was just so well done. So quick on the turnaround, easy to work with. If you ever need pixel art stuff, if you're looking to commission him for a project, I, I'd absolutely recommend it. Again, his Twitter is at toad in space, all lowercase T O A D I N space. Go check him out. Um, he does great work, and I'm glad I commissioned him. I love commissioning artists on Twitter, and I figured, hey, now that we're back to Ain't on Anchor, I might as well give him a shout-out because uh, it's well-deserved. But, yeah, that's it for the episode. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and I'm signing off. <laughs>